is Work of the Beat. It is Tuesday, July 14, 2020. I'm Kevin Cooney. Thank you for joining us. Big show ahead as the news keeps breaking left and right. Yesterday, obviously, the, the biggest news of the day, at least on the restart front, about Russell Westbrook. Uh, uh, the Rockets tested positive for coronavirus. He is not in the Orlando bubble just yet. Neither is James Harden, but nobody seems to be fully aware of why that one is. But today, the news coming out of City Hall, which doesn't directly affect sports, but... um. It does that. Uh, ah, oh, I don't know where that came from. There you go. <laughs> it doesn't come out directly to City Hall, but it it, it does in a sense of uh, City of Philadelphia will not have any large scale uh, events um, until February at the end of February twenty twenty one. So no mummers, no. Thanksgiving Day Parade, no Broad Street Run, no championship parades if needed for any of the teams. And you would assume that means a Eagle season where they will not be able to get people in to Lincoln Financial Field. Obviously, the Phillies were not going to get anybody in. And into college basketball season, um, which makes it very um, interesting to see how things will go forward for all these teams. Uh, and to be honest, the mood of the city. Um, you know, everybody's been cooped up now for four months, and now you're looking at another six or seven months going forward. So, uh, Today's main topic, though, is college sports. We'll talk to Dave Jones at the Harrisburg Patriot News, our buddy who uh, covers Penn State football and basketball. And uh, we'll get a read on where Penn State stands. Obviously, last week, big with the Big Ten saying only conference games moving forward. Seems like more conferences going that route or holding their own on cancellations. Greg Sankey of the SEC making comments yesterday it made it sound like uh, that we are headed for a cancellation uh, or, or a severe shot of cancellation of uh, college football and all fall sports in the NCAA. So Dave Jones will join us. Then Mike and I will discuss all the other issues at hand going forward. So that is our that is our agenda if you will here on this edition of working to beat we'll get it started with dave jones right after this college football obviously is in full swing uh getting ready for a season that may not come uh a lot has happened obviously the big 10 last week and the pac-12 going to conference only the ivies have this and the patriot leagues have both decided to shift to a eliminating all fall sports and the sec Greg Sankey yesterday making comments that sounded like the SEC is even on the fence at this point. Joining us now to discuss everything with college football as we move forward and talk a little Penn State if they do play is the fine columnist for the Harrisburg Patriot News and for Penn Live. It's Dave Jones. Dave, how are you? Boys, how are you guys? Are you surviving? Hey, they just shut Mac and Mac's pizza down in Ocean City for a couple of days. I'm, you know. I was going to make a day trip tomorrow, but I, I got to have pizza. Are you playing golf, as you people call it, Mike? I I get out about once a week or so. Um, it's hard. There's there, you can, it's hard to get a tea time. Um, so we've been playing a lot, like at three thirty in the afternoon. It's been awesome. Uh, but you know, I mean, in in Philadelphia, Dave, 
they just shut everything down till like February. There's no Mummers Parade. There's no Thanksgiving Parade. There's no Broad Street Run. Um, and if Presumably you're shutting things no- down seven months out, yeah, you know that's that's. I don't know what that means, but it can't be good. Well, presumably that also means if those large-scale gatherings that you won't see right. an Eagles game with uh, any pe- people in the stands this year. So that's I guess. Thing. Yeah. Uh, all right, Dave. We, you and I talked last week. Um, where is this thing with college football? You think at this point, uh, you know, is this just the first step towards an inevitable, or is there still some hope of salvaging something here? Well, it's so it's so different from the pro game because there's no collective bargaining unit. There is no mechanism by which uh, people who have a lot at stake uh, in the pros, they can get together and they can haggle and they can agree to acceptable risk because both sides have a lot of profit potentially at stake. In college football, you have a workforce which is not – a workforce of employees, they pretend. And so there's no collective bargaining unit. There's no mechanism by which the players, the product itself, can accept risk and accept that in consort with making a profit because they make no profit. So what you're left with is the... the I think they're going to be increasingly asked to sign personal liability waivers, individual ones, which to me is immoral. I mean, you're asking kids whose scholarships are on the line. And and I know know in in Penn State's instance, they have said the scholarship's not on the line. They can decline. uh, Their scholarship will not be in danger. What what they haven't said, and what Sandy Barber did not say in a Zoom call a couple weeks ago, is that... They're going to add on another year. If, they're, if they opt out, if kids opt out, well, okay, do they get to push their scholarship ahead of year? She wouldn't say that. She also would not say she, she completely punted on the question of whether these kids get some sort of very severe case of COVID. Uh, maybe their lungs are damaged. Maybe there's long-term care involved. Right. Or God forbid they die or one of their – family members dies who has a pre-existing condition because they bring it home. A, you can't prove where you've gotten COVID. You can't prove that it came from the football complex, even though that certainly exponentially increases the risk of getting it. And B, <laughs> you, you have no long-term insurance in college football. I mean, people just assume that these kids are covered. They are not. They have to use their parents' insurance for any sort of care that is not uh, injury-related related on the field. And I just don't think it makes moral or ethical or practical sense to make these kids try to play in college football. Mike, to the pros. Mike. Yeah, D- Dave, did you see the, um, the story on Yahoo, like it, either yesterday or the day before? Somebody resent it to me. But basically, whoever I, – I think it was Th- Thamel wrote it. That basically, even the people that we would think are going to make the decisions, the, the commissioners or whatever, are really at this point sort of pessimistic about it. You know, where for all the reasons that you stated and, and are, are seem obvious, but obviously they're not obvious, or we wouldn't be having these discussions. I just think one of the biggest problems is you don't have one league. 
you know, it's not one decision. It's five major conferences, and then there's like five or six others that basically can all make their same decision. Um, so there is no, like, goomba of college football, and um, I just think <laughs> that makes it more confusing. <laughs> it you is. Know, well, that's, that's a whole other factor. Um, people still, you have to keep re-educating, re-educating, re-educating them. That they, they assume that the NCAA is in charge of college football. It is not, not the major college version. It is not in charge of the Power Five. The Power Five gained essential autonomy five years ago, and they are their own bosses. Uh, they run it. They run all the, all the major, those 65 Power Five teams run themselves. Well, who's the boss of that? There is none. There are five commissioners of the major conferences and there are that different states have different liability concerns. Um, There are all sorts of different liability laws that are governed. For instance, in Virginia, it's much more stringent, much more conservative than it is in other places. Um, These, these decisions have to be made by a state by state, and case-by-case basis about whether they're going to play. And I don't know if there would be any way to have an overarching um, trade organization president in college football the way it's built. It just it, – it, 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 everything is by a state-by-state basis, and presidents, individual presidents, are actually going to make as, my, as, as many decisions in, in, in governmental organizations as are the schools. Well, Dave, and, and are the conferences, right? And, and Dave, that actually leads to the question. We'll mention, we'll focus this on the Big Ten right now. Kevin Warren has just taken over from Jim Delaney uh, this year. This will be his first football season. Delaney resigned at the end of last year. With the fact that he's so new on the job, and the fact that the the presidents of the Big Ten are a pretty stubborn bunch. That they, they they are ones who think of themselves in a higher order. Does he have any voice in this going forward? Do you think or not? Well, the commissioner has always been simply the voice of the presidents, right? In in the Big Ten, um, I don't know exactly how it works in other other Jim, conferences. In, in fair, in fa- uh, Jim Delaney had more power within the group of five than he, he did within it. his he group, it. right? Yes, he earned it over time because he was a great money maker, and that's what he was there to do especially for the Big Ten. I mean, he made a lot of great money-making decisions. But I think you're right, and I also think that the Big Ten presidents, many of them see themselves as compatriots, cohorts. Look at presidents of cities like Northwestern and Michigan and Illinois. They see themselves, Wisconsin, they see themselves as the equals of Ivy League presidents, and they right. think about things in the same way. They think about their mission more in the terms of, of the great ab- academic mission than they do in this strange... <laughs> well, you got this model in American college sports that's completely different than every, everything else in the world. Nobody else does this. Nobody else has amateur sports connected to universities like we do. We think it's the norm because we've grown up with this over generations. It's not. Um, I think. I think by and large, the Big Ten presidents see themselves more like Ivy League presidents than, say, the SEC presidents do. Mike, D- Dave, do you think 
that when all is said and done, the SEC is going to be the one um, that basically wags the, the, the dog or the tail for everybody because I just have a feeling in, inside that the SEC is kind of like the NFL. They're going If any league of the Power Five is going to try to do this, they're going to try to do yes. it. I don't know yes. if they can or not, but or, or am I overstating that? Do you think like if the Big Ten decided, hey, we're, we, we can't play? for whatever reasons, that the other leagues would kind of say, okay, well, if the Big Ten's not, maybe we shouldn't too. No, I think you're right. I think the SEC is going to be much more adventuresome, but they're not going to wag the, the tail of the Big Ten. Okay. Uh, they're going to be individual. And how that's going to work, I don't know. I've always suspected it might be a red state versus blue state thing, and this could become a political football, <laughs> literally, where the, the red state's – being more conservative, being more uh, Trump states, try to say the liberals up in the north and the east are trying to take your college football away from you. And that's part of the fracture in college football, man. I mean, that's, that's what you're talking about. There is no poobah. There can't be. And these conferences are going to act individually. But, but the Power Five conferences are going to act individually from everybody else in college athletics because they have these huge – media contracts, uh, the Big Tens pays each school $53 million every Ew. year. The SEC uh, roughly commensurate to that. I don't know the exact SEC figure, but it's, but it's very close. Uh, the Pac-12, for instance, is about half of that. I think it's $27 million per per school on the current contract. Uh, they're up for a new contract with their new Pac-12 uh, TV station, but it's never going to be as much as the SEC or the Big Ten. The big, the, the fiscal year also ends on June 30. So I see Kevin Warren's latest statement where he says they're going to they're going to abolish the uh, non-conference games, and that that delays the season by about a, a you know three weeks to a month. There's three conference non-conference games. I see that as kind of kicking the can down the road, giving them a little more time, uh, and and hopefully there's some sort of treatment, some sort of COVID treatment thing that can. Uh, lessen the risk, and maybe they can figure out a way to play. If not, they will keep the option of spring football open because then they can get, they can try to fulfill the contract, the broadcast contract, within the fiscal year, which ends June 30th. So don't think that they won't do it because I think they will. Is it wise? I'm not advocating spring football, but, (laughs) you know, if if, if that's all that's left, they'll try to do it, believe me. Dave, when you look at it, and, and, and you know, there's so much revenue. We, we've talked to Dana about this. Uh, we talked to Mike Jensen about this. There's so much revenue that they get with television, but they still do get a ton of revenue from ticket sales. I mean, you, know, you don't sell 107,000 or 110,000 seats in Happy Valley or Ann Arbor or 90,000 at the shoe and have the alumni donations come in that happen in a large part because of that. And just throw it away and say it's not a factor. It is. How willing would they be to play college football in empty buildings this year? I don't think they have any choice. I mean, they can they can put waivers. You know, when you buy a Major League Baseball ticket, for instance, you know this. It yeah. says on there you're assuming the risk. If you get hit by a foul ball, that's part of it. Uh, they could put that on, on college football tickets uh, this year that COVID is a risk here. If you want to come in, fine. How many people are going to come out? I don't know. How many pay, how many people can they have in and assume some sort of risk, liability risk themselves, the universities? 
boy, I don't know, 20,000. I think they're preparing in some of these places for 20,000. But to me, it just complicates stuff for a limited uh, gate revenue where, where they were getting, you know, revenue for 100,000 or in other schools cases, 50, 60,000. Now they'll get a fifth or a fourth of that. Is it worth the trouble? Is it worth the trouble of protecting all your concessionaires, your people who are your ushers, ushers, your people work on the site? Is it worth <laughs> No, I don't think it is. I don't think I, I could see them very easily before that playing before empty buildings simply because it's too much trouble for the, the bang for the buck. Whereas the TV contracts, man, that's all one fell swoop. That's either you fulfill it or you don't. Maybe you renegotiate it with the networks and say, okay, we played nine games. We didn't play 12. How about three-fourths of the revenue? That's a a substantial chunk of change to them. It also powers all the other sports that they have. I mean, you saw Stanford cut out a bunch of of varsity sports, rowing. And that's where my next question was going to lead. My next question was going to lead. If you don't have that gate revenue on top of the TV revenue, you're going to see more sports fade to the side eventually aren't you because well you know kevin they have so some of these schools now the power fives they have layer upon layer of athletic department management that i don't know what some of these people do very frankly mm-hmm. i mean some of the people who work at some of these giant athletic departments they've got fat they could trim away i don't know what they're going to do maybe they put people on furlough uh, maybe they eliminate some positions, but but that is out there to cut away. Believe me, because these these programs have grown and grown and grown to the point where I think they've overgrown in the the arms race of college athletics. Uh, so I don't think necessarily you'd have to cut that many sports. You know, who's in a lot more trouble are the group of five schools and FCS football schools who tried to compete in this arms race and don't have the wherewithal to do it. They're going to be seriously hurting because they're running in a deficit right now. Anyway, I look at the revenue figures for all these schools, um, all the power five every year and almost everyone's making, making profit. Uh, but when you get in down into the group of five schools, uh, FCS, they're living hand to mouth and they can't tolerate this. They're going to be in a lot more trouble. What, uh, yeah, that would be a school in Philadelphia, I'm assuming, yeah. would be one of the schools you're talking about. The, um, your alma mater, buddy. Yeah. Dave, let's say they do play some semblance of a season, whatever that would entail. Who's there, yes. the Big Ten? or? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, like like major college football, as we would think of major college football. Let's say they play six to nine games. Whatever. All the conferences? Yeah, the, at least the five majors, maybe okay. like Temple's Conference, maybe the you know some of those. But then what would you do? I'm just curious about because I was thinking about this about playoffs, about bowl games. There's like 40 some bowl games. I'm assuming you won't even be able to fill spot. But, but like, like are people even thinking that far ahead that we'd have to go to two neutral sites for a playoff game and maybe a uh, national I, championship? I, I think it's way, way too soon to even think about. Right. I mean, bowls would be a, a total mess. Yeah. I, I think you got to cross all that stuff off. Myself, I, I don't see how you could even do it. They're, they're just hoping to get some games in, man. Yeah. Because this is going to be like whack-a-mole. It's going to be infections, quarantines, maybe you have to take a couple of weeks off. If those, those are the leagues that try it. And I'm not at all convinced, as Kevin Warren even said uh, last week, 
you got to face the fact that we might not have college college football or fall sports at all. So I mean, what? Like it begs the question. It begs the question. I know this is a question in our country right now. You know, is what what we should do, what we shouldn't do. But why? When you're making all these points, and Kevin and I have been talking about this for months, why? Like, why would you even attempt to do it if you know that there's a, like a ninety percent chance you're going to hit all these roadblocks? Um, I just, you know, in some reason, you know I don't want answer. to watch. You know the I answer, don't want Mike. to watch out. Al- yeah, I know, but I don't want to watch <laughs> Alabama Auburn if there's nobody in the stands. I really don't. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I've, I've, I've written two different columns. One about that is that it, it, do you really want to watch this product when it's not the way it's always been? I mean, part, part of a great part of the reason that I love college athletics, and I think you and I are both in the same ballpark that way. I don't know about Kevin. Kevin no. mainly, mainly covered pro sports. I, I identify Kevin with Major League Baseball. Identify. So us. yes, I'm used to empty crowds. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I covered I the Sandberg Phillies with Mike and me are Temple and Penn State, and to some extent Villanova. Oh, well, Mike knows empty crowds then too. If it's Temple football, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, hey, Mike. My favorite, my favorite arena was always the Leah Chorus Center when I when my my son Nick turned 21 yesterday. It's it's hard to believe, and. I had I had this army of different SIDs because I didn't always I wasn't able, always able to get a babysitter. Uh, also, when we went to Sportsnet, when we went did Sportsnet together, did Daily News Live. Some, Mike remembers seeing Nick when he was a little boy, taking him down to the the studio. I don't, I would have to take him different places. His favorite place to go see a game was Lalia Chorus Center because he loved the chicken fingers. And he loved the atmosphere. I I love the Leacorice Center. I, I must I must be in the uh, at least when it's full when it's got some people in it. But, but. I I actually like McGonagall. I was a big McGonagall oh, guy, yeah. but yeah. you know it was outgrown. I I get that. But looking over the looking over that ledge uh, oh, yeah. from the baseline, there was no vantage point in a college arena like it that I've ever been to. I mean, I, to some extent, Mount St. Mary's was like that. You could sit okay. up behind the basket. But, I mean, you felt like you could touch one of Mike Rieswick's three-pointers from up there. There was nothing yeah. like it. In some of the old, old band boxes in the Atlantic 10, uh, you know, Rhode Island, Curry Hicks Cage at, at UMass, some of those places were crazy. And that's the attraction of college sports, not just college basketball, college football. I mean, you cannot believe the scene uh, when Penn State beat Ohio State in 2016. It was just madness. Madness. Remarkable. Well, Kevin's been to Notre Dame stuff, right, Kevin? How how would that translate to now with no crowds? Is it even? Is it even remotely the same thing? Well, Dave, Dave, think about it. Okay, what's the one program that's defined college football over the last two decades? And, And I'm not talking program as in like athletics. College game day has been become a part of yeah. that Saturday morning ritual. Do you think they're yep. going to take 80-year-old Lee Corso on the road? Do you think that's <laughs> going to be the same thing? It's not. It's just not. And you and, and, and college athletics, it's so much more but the, the whole the whole fan atmosphere and right. game yep. tailgate is so much more sure. important than it is in pro sports. It just is. Yeah. I mean, you're going to be losing a lot even doing this. Now, I know there's so much money there to be to be lost 
But man, you just got to think about it. You've got to think about morally what you're doing and you got to think about the product and the product is just not going to be the same. But let me ask you two guys this, because I was thinking about, I, I have a lot of free time on my hands now. So my mind wanders. How do you, your mind wandered anyway, Mike, what do you Well, think? that's true. How do you even conduct four football practices a week? Oh, I don't like, even know. You know, you, you're talking yeah. about putting a hundred kids. How about meeting rooms? How about showers? How about the weightlifting part of it? But yet you're going to play a football game on a Saturday. I just don't get it. I, I, I don't understand. And then your coach might be 65 years old, you know, that you're trying to protect him. It's, it's like there's so many of these things that people just say, well, we won football on Saturday. Okay, great. Let's have football on Saturday. But, man, and I could see kids getting injured on top of the, the, the risk possibility just because they're not ready to play football. Dave? Yeah, and they're having kids. They're going to they're gonna inevitably have kids playing with quarantines uh, where, where, where maybe they place freshmen and sophomores who aren't ready to play, too. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I'm with you, man. I mean, the, plus you're taking up tests. Well, we're uh, seeing, uh, seeing a problem with enough testing equipment um, and enough personal protective uh, devices uh, where, where there aren't enough to, to staff frontline healthcare workers, for God's sakes. And we're going to take this stuff up so we can have our entertainment. I, I don't. I don't, I well, don't get it. Well, and Dave, it's funny you mention that because I, I talked, and Mike knows who I'm, I'm probably referring to. I talked to somebody connected with the, the a, a conference uh, the other, or actually last night, and he expects that this week the NCAA is going to send out a recommendation that every athlete has to be tested every 72 hours, okay, going yeah, forward. Yeah, how's that going to happen? Yeah, how's that going to happen? Forget D1s. D2s and D3s will go under from the cost of the test. They just won't do it. They won't do it. Right. So at this point. And, Kevin, all the personnel that goes with that. Like yeah. All the coaches, personnel associated with the team. Right. Trainers, everything. You just can't do it. it it's, all, it's almost fiscally impossible when you consider all of that to consider what's going to happen. Who do you think is going to be the first power conference that'll step out and say, "Nope, we're not doing it this year"? The Big Ten. No I doubt. Think Warren already put it out there. He he's the first one to say we might not have college football, and he did it for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, 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 I think I think it's in his mind that it just might not be feasible. Dave, if they all didn't... the reasons you're talking about, he's a new guy. He can't afford to make a huge mistake in this situation. If they didn't have college football in the Big Ten. And we know you just said fifty million dollars is at stake, but is the Big Ten yeah. okay? Is the Big Ten well enough off that they could withstand that? Yeah. I mean, I know they're they yeah. are all of you know college football alone at the the bigger revenue generators. We're talking Ohio State, Michigan, uh, Penn State, Wisconsin. They clear. I'm not talking about gross revenue. I'm talking about profit. 50, 60, 70 million dollars on football alone. That's what they're doing with, you know, they can, I think they can take a hit for one year. Okay. I really well, do. Well, what now, about the, now, the damage on the other sports that rely on that revenue to help yeah, offset? That's right. You know what, Kevin? When we were kids, uh, rowing was not a varsity sport, okay? 
women's men's and women's volleyball, I don't believe were varsity sports in a lot of these places. You're not, you're going to have to take a haircut on these, on some of these sports. You are, uh, they can come back later, but for now they're, they're not going to be paid for. That's true. Uh, especially with these self-supporting athletic departments, you're not going to ask tuition to cover this. Are you? Oh uh, no! They do in some places, but but I don't think the Big Ten is ever. I, I'm pretty sure all the Big Ten athletic departments are self-supporting because they can be because of football. But it's all because of football that that happens. Um, men's basketball usually clears about six, eight, ten million dollars. In Penn State's case, I think they cleared five million, four million, um, previous to the TV contracts uh, the last few years. But college football in the big the big schools clears 50, 60, 70 million in profit. I mean, the, the gross revenue of Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State was over a hundred million dollars the last few fiscal years. Uh, Penn State's been over one hundred million in gross revenue the last two seasons, I believe. Wow. Yeah, they can they can handle it. The the problem wow. okay. is the schools like like Temple. And the group of five schools, they're not making nearly well, that. They're, I want, they're, I want they're, to get, they're operating in the red a lot. Of I want to get into that situation in a second. But, all right, along the same lines as the Big Ten will be the first you think that will have the guts to say that's it. Are it could they be all, the Pac-12. It could right. be the Pac-12. could be the Big Ten. I think, I think they're a little more progressive thinking in this way. Are, they've, got, they've got the wherewithal. Are they all going to speak with a universal voice? In other words, no, all, no, no. No, no. You, you think the SEC would go ahead just by itself? Absolutely. I think they are, are an outlier compared to the other conferences. Um, they're the only conference that's, that's based in an area of the country. It, you know, the, their slogan is it just means more. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's true, man. It yeah. is. You know any people down there? They are nuts about college football and football in general, but especially college football. It's a way of life, and they're not just going to give it up. Because in the North, we have pro football. They don't have pro football. Except the the man in Charlotte. In the North, we we value basketball a lot more. Yes, They don't care about basketball in the Gulf Coast states. They just don't care. They do it in the winter for something else to do. They don't care about college basketball down there. They've won championships but only because they have these massive athletic departments and they've got a lot of great athletes down there. You know, Florida's won national championships because of that. But but they don't emphasize it. They don't love it like they love college football. Do you see the ACC falling in that same realm? Yeah, they're an, in, they're an interesting case because on the one hand, they've got Clemson. Mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 I've done a lot of stories about the neighborhoods of these conferences being completely far flung and fractured. They're not what they should be in what, in what world should Clemson be in a league with Boston Boston college or Syracuse? It makes no sense. They're from different worlds. So that's the one conference where I don't think the schools speak with one voice or think about things in the same way because but, Pitt, very, very frankly, Pittsburgh, Syracuse and Boston college should not be in the league. And Mike, uh, before I turn it to Mike, the obvious then strange case would be Notre Dame who has this six game set up with the ACC. And this year that includes Clemson supposed to come to to South bend. Plus they double dip. Their contract is a combination of, of semi inclusion in the ACC 
for completely in basketball, somewhat in football. And then they've got their NBC contract for football also. So they, they double dip in revenue. So what happens with Notre Dame, who's already lost three games with Wisconsin, USC, and Stanford, and could lose some more going forward here? The ACC has said they would support them. Okay. Uh, but, but I don't – yeah, we're going to have to see what happens here. Again, could this lead to Notre, the end of Notre, Notre is, Dame can afford a haircut, I, I think. I understand, but could this lead to Notre Dame being the end of its independent days going forward? Not necessarily. I read that. I see it. I think they're very much entrenched in that mindset that they they are independent. They want to stay independent. I'll believe it when I see it. Mike. Put it that Mike. Yeah. It, it, so, Dave, if you're looking at it right now, we're ha- halfway through July. Decisions are going to have to be made soon, but this is a – the virus is a fluid thing. It, you know, it changes every day almost. It seems like something changes. If you had to bet on it, what are you betting? Was Kirk Herbstreet right? Will we just will we play in the spring, uh, or will we just have to, or will we go ahead? You know, what what are what are your thoughts on your your little crystal ball? And this could change by next week. I mean, yeah, I mean, I I don't, I don't. I'm going to do my Mike Kern impersonation. Can I do that? Can I do that go ahead, now? Go ahead. Right, because I think I've got I have the best Mike Kern impersonation out there. <laughs> so the key, folks, to doing a good Mike Kern is asking yourself questions where you don't know the answer. Do you agree with that, Kevin? I would. Yeah, Can, there are times. <laughs> Go ahead. Could the big, I, I, I don't big Ten play? I don't, I don't know. know. Could, could could the ACC follow follow in their footsteps? You tell me. Um, uh, I Mike's Mike's laughing. Um, oh no! I, I, <laughs> could we all have to play? Could we I have to what, play? I know ball? how I sound because you know, <laughs> I don't. I don't have the answers. That's and I'm willing to say I don't have the answers, but. You, what is your gut feeling? None of, like none now. of us have the answers. Yeah, my my gut is that in the fall, I don't see a way forward. I just okay. don't. I agree with you, and I think you feel that way too. I don't see a way forward. I think, provided a vaccine, and I happen to have a friend who's, uh, you know, he was trained as a molecular biologist. He has a lot of epidemiology experience. He believes there's a decent, about a 50-50 chance that we get a vaccine by January. Uh, AstraZeneca. Oh, God, I hope he's right. AstraZeneca and Moderna. um, I think GlaxoSmithKline. I believe there's five different uh, organizations, companies that have fast-tracked their vaccines. They're actually making them so that if one of them hits, they'll be ready to distribute like that. Um, Would they have enough enough to distribute? I I mean... Yeah. Dave. Well, that's the point. They're making millions and millions of copies of these things. And if, if the right. ones that don't hit, they're just going to tax dollars at work, buddy. Yeah. Um, but if they're, if, if it hit, if one of them hits in January, they will be ready to distribute them. Who gets them? I think big money organizations like college athletics will probably right. be fast track. Also in that case, and given the desperation of the Power Five to keep their football contract, I could see spring football actually happening March. I'm actually working on a story about what the weather would be like from say right. March through June compared to uh, right. the traditional September through December. It's mm-hmm. very fairly comparable. Uh, John Neese from Penn State is it's a huge meteorology school. 
is a professor up there, a buddy of mine, and he's helping me, helping me. The, the temperatures are comparable. The fields are not. They'd be kind of muddy and sloppy. Right. I think they would, I think they would try it given a vaccine. Without a vaccine, I don't see it. Dave, what about the, the start of basketball? Because it doesn't make the money football makes, but to a lot of people, basketball is just as important or more important, especially up where we live. Um, it, is that that seems like it, it's going to have to get pushed back too? Yeah. To maybe you don't start till January or February or something like that. I don't know. Money is the catalyst, buddy, and and college basketball simply does not make the money, and it's not not nearly as essential to the Power Five. Right. Who, like it or not, is driving college athletics. It was the same thing that, that Jay Wright and a lot of people at places like Villanova were afraid of, that eventually uh, the Power Five would drive everything in college college athletics because they have that giant football hammer to wield. Yeah. Um, and this is a case where basketball simply is not nearly as important. College basketball uh, generates, in general, about one-fifth to one-tenth as much wow. revenue and gate and, and television as football does. And a lot of so people don't understand that. that, right, Dave? Like I, I know you do and we do, but when you say that to a lot of people, they, they just look at you kind of like with a blank stare because basketball is big in certain parts of the yeah, country. To, to them, it's just the next step in, in this smorgasbord of sports that we enjoy all year long, and it's just as important. Well, it's not. I mean, you have to tell people that over and over. They just don't, they don't believe it. The, the ca- uh, well, look at the stadiums and then look at arenas. The catch is, yeah. I, I'm not sure they could afford to lose another NCAA tournament to help. S- if you're looking at it from a basketball standpoint, you've already flushed away one year of the contract. Yeah, again, you, you given, fl- given a vaccine, they they'll, could. they'll try everything. Right. Yeah. But if they, yeah. don't, if they don't have a vaccine by then. Forget it. Yeah. Let's uh, see what can happen. Let me, let me get some other Penn State topics here. Uh, Pat Chambers obviously was the subject of some criticism and rightfully so for for comments that were alleged to him um and, and talking to one of his uh african-american players about a noose uh around his neck uh sandy barber came out and supported him is chambers on any kind of thin ice up there because of what happened i always answer this question in the sense that you have to understand that at penn state they just don't value basketball nearly as much as some other places in the North. Even um, Pat Chambers makes about a, a about a million a year in salary. He's that lowest salary in the Big Ten. Uh, he's still around simply because of that fact that Penn State just doesn't care that much. They they clear about four or five million a year on college basketball compared to uh, 50, 60 for college football. If they tried harder at college basketball, they would have to outlay what two, three, four million dollars a year for a right, coach. coach yeah. I don't, I don't think they would ever get that back because people just don't, people don't flock to the games up there. Mike's been to that place. Yeah, I've been there. It's, it's a morgue yeah. half the time, and you're yeah. just not going to get people ex- as excited about it. So to answer your question, he's never on that thin ice because they feel like they've got. Well, a guy who can operate a competitive program for for on the cheap, which is what they've always done. Mike, that sounds like Temple football once upon a time. Yeah, yeah. Only only it wasn't competitive, so that that was that was the difference. Um, yeah, I just you know 
Dave, it, it's it, it, like Penn State is Penn State. It's never going to change. Uh, but like, does it when we all come through this? When we're over and we're do we get back to normal at some point? We'll kind of, like if we're sitting here maybe a, a year, a little over a year from now, will we just sit back and say, okay, well, th- th- we we withstood that for a year and a half, but basically things will be normal again at some point in yeah. life, right? Yes, yes. We've been through so much of this that we can't imagine it now. It's almost becoming the new normal. We're right. gonna we're gonna get through this. We're gonna be back to normal. And college athletics is so entrenched, so ingrained in who we are and what we love. You know, I answer this in the same way that, that you remember at the, at the depths of the Sandusky scandal, being, being down there, I was down there, uh, they, they actually paid me to stay down there to announce the sanctions the night before and um, try to talk about what I saw going forward. And I thought, you know, I was like everybody else. I kind of thought that Penn State would, would suffer some lasting damage, but I was a little more optimistic than most people, even given the sanctions, because I understood the brand of Penn State. And, and what happened? Well, it was, it was faster coming back than anyone dreamed. First, they had Bill O'Brien to get him through the really rough seas. He was a perfect bulldog of a guy to get him through those, those two years. And then they made another really good choice, and frankly, I didn't think it was the right choice at the time. It was a brilliant choice in James Franklin uh, because he kind of remade the brand. He remade um, this, this, this Penn State thing in his image and saved all the good stuff about Penn State, made Penn State fans feel good about themselves again with his optimism, his enthusiasm. Um, I see college football as the same kind of thing in general in college athletics in athletics in general. We need this. We, once it's back, we're going to enjoy it more than ever. We're going to miss yeah. it more than we did. We're going to understand how much we missed it and what we, what we lost. And I think it's only going to make it bigger and more enjoyable when we get back to normal. Which leads, I'm going to try to restore some normalcy because I'll ask the typical question. I always ask Dave, whenever I talk to him, one, how's James? <laughs> James Franklin? Yes. How is uh, he? I, I haven't, He's my buddy. We haven't. <laughs> you, should, you should really make up, Kevin. You I, really I'm should. fine. I'm, should, I'm, I'm you joking. Should reach out the olive branch and just say, hey, you know, can't we meet in the middle here somewhere? Which would what be it, what? Reading? That, well, yeah, Reading would be <laughs> fine. <you know>? uh, <laughs> what? James has obviously had his family, which is going to stay in Florida through this yeah. whole situation. That he had a pretty good team coming back. It looked like. Um, kind of where is Franklin's head at this point? Um, I I happen. I've said this for a couple of years. Um, I think. Um, I think. Who knows what's going to happen in this season? Right. I I think Clay Helton. You talk about thin ice. There's some thin ice. Yeah, Clay that's Helton. cracking. <laughs> yeah, I thought I, you know, I, I really kind of thought he would be gone after last season, but they had a new president right. and had a new athletic director from a couple of basketball schools, Cincinnati and North Carolina, um, respectively. I think I said that right. The, yeah. the AD is from Cincinnati, the, the new school president's from North Carolina, a woman. Um, I don't know that they appreciated the fervent, uh, um, 
following that USC football has out there. The alumni are just as nuts as they are in the Midwest or the South. I mean, it's, a, it's actually amazing. And when you recruit out there, you don't really have to recruit. You just kind of gather all the kids who, who grew up wanting to go play for USC in football anyway. Um, that is a very attractive job. Uh, uh, see, uh, had, had COVID not hit, I would have thought USC would make a real run at James here this year. They were, good, they were ready to re- make a real run at him uh, regardless. Last year, if Clay Helton had, had been axed, they were ready to do it last year. So that's still out there. Uh, I don't know what James will do. Um, I know that a couple of years ago when it looked like he was really going to be a candidate, when I asked him, he didn't really want to answer the questions. Well, agents always tell their guys, don't ask, don't answer the question. Don't ever say never because it always comes back to bite you like it did uh, Saban when he said he wasn't going to go to uh, Alabama from the Dolphins. They never want that scenario. Uh, but but um, James, I think, has as good a security as any anybody in, in the Big Ten right now. I mean, he's done wonders, like I said, with the, the rebranding of that place. I think he got Penn State football back on its feet uh, quicker than. Well, say that he wants. Dave, you froze. What he wants. There you go. Sorry, David. Uh, Dave, you, you look like you froze there. Hold on. Mike, are you still there? I am here. You are here. Yes. Okay. I have a feeling David is uh, going off to Never Never Land. So, um, well, it is Harrisburg. It, you know. <laughs> Just saying. I, I understand. Uh, Dave is still there. He's listed. He's listed. It's beyond his control. It's, it a, it's technical difficulty. It is technical difficulty. So on the assumption, in fact, he has just dropped off my screen. So uh, we will filibuster until he comes back. I, you know, look, I, I, we, we've talked so much about this situation with, with, with college athletics and how college athletics will be really hurt compared to uh, the NFL or NBA or whatever. In fact, Dave is back. Okay, now we're, we're, now we're good. All right. You were saying about James. Uh, pick up your point there on uh, Clay Helton. Obviously on, on thin ice. Uh, you know, nothing happened last year. Has I guess the better question is: Do you sense he looks around more these days than than you would expect from a program that's top ten usually every year? No, not necessarily. But I think all agents are always on the lookout for um, for other opportunities. Um, everybody can become, I'm not saying this about James in particular, but everyone can become stale in a place or feel like they need to make a move to grow. Um, so college football is notorious for being a sport of madmen who are in many ways nomads. Um, so if an opportunity presented itself, to me, it's, it's all a situation of, how USC, I think, will make a run at him for certain uh, whenever Clay Helton is out of there, if, if he indeed is out of there finally. And then I can't, I can't even predict what he might do. Um, 
I do, I do know that he did not answer the question directly when I asked him uh, asked it of him. Uh, I guess it was a year and a half ago. Our thanks to Dave Jones for joining us. Uh, obviously, some technical issues uh, with the internet connection or something on Dave's end down and out in Downingtown where he lives. Um, Mike, when you look at um, when you look at everything with college sports at this point, it almost feel has an air of inevitability that that there's going to be no fall season. I mean, I've even been Greg telling you that for since yeah. March. And even and got, when, when Kirk Herbstreit came out and said what he said, I did not disagree with Kirk, and he took a lot of heat for it. And they may play football. I, I'm not going to sit here and say they're not going to play, but we've already seen the non-revenue leagues kind of. I mean, what is Temple's league going to do? Are, are, are you, you know, really? So Temple's going to do all those, whatever Temple's going to do, playing in an empty stadium if they play. But again, I get back to just the every, forget Saturdays, forget Saturdays, or Thursday nights or whatever. Just the everyday thing of college football, of showing up for meetings. You know how that works, Kevin. You've yep. been down there. You go to the weight room. You you now you go on a practice field. You go in a locker room. How the hell is a team like Temple or any other team? I'm just throwing them out because they're our team. How are they going to do that and keep people safe? And not just the players, the managers, the coaches, whoever has anything to do with what goes on at 10th and Diamond, Temple's practice facility. I just don't, especially when a lot of schools don't even know if they're going to have students on campus. Yeah, and obviously everything has changed in the last couple weeks here with what's going on obviously with the surge around the country and i think the attitude in a lot of ways has changed um among people who are more realistic about the idea uh, colleges were i can tell you for a fact colleges were full steam ahead you know they they had all apparently gone to the Notre Dame style of plan which was start mid-august get done it before thanksgiving return to a virtual classroom after thanksgiving so People who were away didn't have to come back and, you know, maybe expose each other to the virus. And now even that's being weighed as impractical in a lot of cases. So it's going to be, I just don't see if you're going to have virtual classes where you're going to be able to have sports. Well, see, part of the problem is, Kevin, we live in a country where a lot of the people don't think this is serious. Yeah. And I get it. There's that, you know, I had my neighbor two days ago who has like three brain cells in his head, but that's okay. I had a, a guy come into my house from Xfinity to fix my TV, the cable, and I had to wear a mask because, you know, the guy was coming in the house and that that's the rules. Sure. So I go outside with my mask on. He starts hollering at me. What do you got a mask on for? I'm like, well, this guy's coming in my house. Oh, that's – and he said hoax five times. And by the fifth time, I was ready to hit him. But I just said, look, you believe what you believe. I, I, I can't get my TV fixed unless this guy comes in my house. We now have a country where Chuck Woolery – has become a bigger expert than Anthony Fauci. Yeah. So think about that for a minute. And there are people who believe that, rightly or wrongly. You know people, I know people, whatever. So you have that working against it, is that when you say people are starting to understand now, well, some do and some don't. Um, and when you have that much money at stake, I think the real interesting thing is what is the SEC going to do? Because the SEC is the crown jewel of college football. Um. You know, could you see the SEC playing and nobody else playing? I don't know. I, I mean, could that happen? I, I 
Could I see it happen? Sure, because you don't rule anything out. Okay. Um, I think it's unlikely. Um, mm-hmm. I thought Greg Sankey's quotes yesterday where he was laying the groundwork of, look, there has to be some rapid improvement here to consider right. college right. football. That to me, and I wanted to get into that with Dave, and and I wasn't able to, and that's my my bad on that one. Um, you know, they had their meeting yesterday down in Birmingham. Uh, a critical decision. It's clear the current circumstances related to COVID nineteen must improve, and we will continue to closely monitor developments around the virus on a daily basis. In the coming weeks, da 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 da. We believe late July will provide the best clarity for making the important decisions ahead. That tells you to me. That they would like. They to, don't know. They don't know. They, they don't know. And they're not ruling anything out. No. The, I mean, there's the, the Big 12 gave a stronger, we're pressing on, we're pr- business as usual, all that kind of conversation right. than the SEC. And that tells you something. Yeah. And different parts of the country are different. I mean, Texas is a bad spot right now. But for all I know, Nebraska and Oklahoma and, you know, parts like that, I, I don't know. The problem, Kevin, I've been saying this, I know I sound like a broken record. We can't dictate to the virus. We right. can't. We think we can. We, we are, we, we're going, no, no, you can't. And our testing, whatever you think of the, whatever's going on, the testing has not been, as we've seen with the major league teams. You know, they're complaining about the testing. Um, and now you're talking about testing all these college athletes like every 72 hours or, or whatever. The problem is, is we have to learn to live with the virus until we get a vaccine. So how do we do that the best we can? Well, usually it's social distancing, maybe wearing a mask when you're supposed to or when you're, you know. Uh, it doesn't – none of these things we're talking about would lead you to believe that you can play football. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. But then there's that $53 million carrot <laughs> out there for yeah. for all these schools and I, I understand that. That's uh and, and that's, we should point that's out a big carrot. We should point out the SEC's in a strange circumstance too, because you know, normally they've been televised by CBS. Right. And CBS um they've already had their television rights, I think, for beginning in twenty twenty one, maybe twenty twenty two. That they've already been awarded to ESPN. It's a different they, they're switching networks, basically. So what you're used to with okay. Uncle Vern and all that. Well, if you don't have a season this year, you don't get that money from CBS at all, and you can't necessarily backlog it a year like some of the other contracts are. So there is a little financial aspect, additional financial aspect that mm-hmm. play for the SEC to, to maybe go forward. But I, Well, you know. unless, Kevin, there was some way because of the circumstances of all this, that you could push it back a year. I, I don't know this. I, I don't know if ESPN, yeah, there, there's legal, I'm sure, but maybe because of the, the unique nature of this problem that we're in, there could be some kind of, of thing. But like as Dave said, these schools, Alabama could withstand the $50 million they hit. Could. They could. You don't want to in a perfect world. I mean, obviously you don't want to, but they could. They're in a Temple could not. You know, But Temple's not going to take a $50 million hit or whatever hit the Temple might take, mm-hmm. those kind of schools, and, and you've seen the page, you know, all the schools that are, all the leagues that are non-revenue, they're not going to play. You know, no. why, why is the Patriot League going to play? Why, 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 you know, why is the Ivy League going to play? And that may filter down to the FCS. It may filter down to Villanova's league because they don't make money. Um, any of those leagues, you know, I, I don't know what the, 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 the Big Sky or the Mountain West or, you know, any of those kind of conferences – 
I, I don't know what they do financially, but I, I just think that it's, it's like the more you look at all this, like I haven't even seen anybody talk yet about how you're going to get these players to practice four days a week. And to me, if, if schools don't have students on campus, how can you ask student athletes to be on campus? I, I, you can't. I, I don't understand that. It, one iota of why that would be even, even a thought. You know, uh, let's go quickly through some of these other topics. Um, Eagles this morning signed Jason Peters, and they're going to move him. That's to, the big move. That is the big move. Uh, going to move him uh, to play guard. He's going to play right, right. guard. Um, Did, were, were you listening to talk radio at all yesterday? Were you like out and about? Or, I was. Okay, so you know that uh, Brian Baldinger right had that yep. tweet right yeah. that everybody was talking about. And they were talking about 10 different things it could mean. And this was like 10th on the list. That's mm-hmm. why I love these things. When, and I'm not knocking Brian. But you come out and say, hey, the Eagles are going to do something that's really going to like make them better. Well, I don't know if this – I mean, you know, by bringing a Hall of Famer back at 38, yeah, maybe it helps him. Or maybe he's injured in the first game. I mean, I, you know. This is but like- everybody was like, Javavion Clowney <laughs> – and Adams from the Jets. <laughs> this is like, and and I, I'll share this in a, in a way of a story. Um, my dad used to be able to fall for those, you know, vacation home like tours where like they promise you a free gas grill or something. Oh yeah, at the you, get, end. you get fifty dollars for taking right. the tour. I've done those. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> dad was big on the get on the gas grill one. Okay, that okay. you get a big okay. gas grill at the end, and you're thinking, oh, you're thinking one of those shiny porcelain webers at the end and here it's like one of those tabletop ones that you you put the little industrial can up against and basically yep. falls apart within three days that's yeah. unfortunately that's jason peters to me that's yeah, jason I'm peters not, not, I'm not jason peters he's going to the hall of fame it's he's given us a decade it's time to move and, on and it he may help yeah, you're right I get, you're absolutely right i get that he's better in the option in matt prior they would have had it at at, at at that spot Okay, who's blocking the blind side? Who's blocking Wentz's blind side? Is this a Dillard insurance policy too? But is he going to be? He's going to be their starting right guard. Is that what yes. I'm understanding? Yes. Okay. Has he played guard? Maybe. I mean, and that doesn't mean he can't play now, guard. Now I'm I'll not say one thing. Suggesting that I'll say one thing that playing guard will help them in that. I think when he was playing tackle, he was so worried about jumping to get. Out right, and, and right. That you don't have that worry of him maybe taking as many offside penalties. Okay, but and and last year he did play a fair amount, right? He he wasn't like hurt as much as he was the year no, he before. Played, that, he right? played like fourteen, fifteen games, but he would leave like eight or nine of them with yeah. With well, that, yeah. I mean, that's look. And then like you just said, now your 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 left tackle that you took a first round pick on. I, I mean, I, like it, like in the first two games, if they played to. It, if he doesn't play well, is he looking over, or is Doug Peterson saying, "Oh God, maybe we got yeah, maybe we, we can put Pryor Jason. in at guard, and we can move yeah. Peters to tackle." And if that's yeah. the case, then you're just repackaging the same doo doo that you had at the end of the year. Who's a year older? Yeah, yeah. I look, uh, Kevin. It, it look. That's why I said I think when we when the, uh, when he first got uh, hurt, Brooks, I, I said this, this this is this injury really really hurts them. Because he's pretty good, and now he's going to be – and you don't even know if he's going to come back from this because this is like his second or third injury. 
that's been pretty serious. But the line for the Eagles has to be good. You have to protect Carson mm-hmm. Wentz at all costs. Um, and I don't know how good it is. I mean, Lane Johnson's really good. Kelsey's, you know, really good. Um, I don't know. I who you know? They're we'll all find get, out. I'll, I guess. Maybe. I'll tell you what though. That right side, all getting older. Everybody's getting older, Kevin. I'm I, getting older. I understand, older. but by NFL terms, uh, yeah, I know. I know. You're talking and, and a maybe ten-year guy. Guard, you think playing guard is easier than playing tackle? Um, probably. I mean, from what from your exertion? I mean, like from what you have to do? Maybe, or, maybe. Yeah, more don't support. You have to pull, don't you have to pull as a guard? Yeah, you got more support though. Think about it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, yeah. you know, you're not going to get beat on the edge like, like what happens at tackle. So, um, yeah. question is, you're also dealing with heavier guys up front too. You know, you're you're dealing with guys who are going to be heavier than a a, 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 a rushing end. You know, when you play against the tackles, so or, yeah, hey, or, uh, I mean, look, they're trying. I, I get it. They they were up against it. They're probably up against the salary cap. They didn't want to trade for one of the guys they would have had a trade for, like the guy on New England. I think they were talking about was a possibility. Um, I so, still yeah, I still don't yeah. rule them out being in the clowny hunt, but that's a whole different story. Well, how much money do they have left? I mean, I, I don't. They know. have they have some money. Okay. Yeah, I mean, why? Yeah, I mean, the, 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 this move has nothing to do with a clowny move. No. Um. So yeah, you're right. Uh, they they could you know if for it's funny, for a good team, for a team that that maybe well I'll say maybe could be a Super Bowl contender. You know, they're 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 probably they're definitely going to be in contention for a playoff spot. We would think. Mm-hmm. Okay, they have a lot of holes. And maybe all the other teams that, I mean, we look at the Cowboys sometimes and we'll say, well, they have a lot of holes too. Yeah. You know, or this team or that team or, but it just seems like maybe because we're closer to it. The one that we just sit there and go, they need this. They need that. They need, you know. The one benefit they have is there is some cohesion though, that you're not bringing somebody else in who doesn't know the system, doesn't know the landscape, all that. Yeah. Um, Well, if you, as you said, they have an advantage over the other three teams in the division. New coaches. On that, on that alone. New coaches. Yep. Uh, And no camps really to get war, uh, you know, warmed up with. Right. The Sixers are have entered the bubble. They have started practice, and Ben Simmons is playing the four as a power. Yeah. Um, but he didn't order out for Pete from Grubhub to get quarantined like that other guy. <laughs> Ten days of quarantine for that bit of a <laughs> damn good pizza. You got to love it. It would be funny if he ordered like Little anymore. Caesars on Grubhub or Uber Eats and ended up having to go. <laughs> it's like. Hey, but wouldn't you call somebody for Like, wouldn't you pick up a phone and call your general manager or so I don't know and say hey I'm hungry I want I don't like the food here in Disney I want to get something how do I do this without me quarantine yeah, yeah just, it's it, yeah whatever right. back to Ben back Simmons. to Ben Simmons <laughs> Ben Simmons is not a four okay a four in the NBA does what these days Kevin shoots outside shoots outside correct the mundo. Ben, it, it, look. Is he ben more suited to that than a one? Hands. What's that? Is he more suited at a four than a point guard, though? Listen, Ben Simmons, for whatever his one big flaw is that he can't shoot, needs the ball in his hands. He's a facilitator. That is what he does best on a basketball court. He facilitates. He makes things happen. 
You want the ball in his hands. The shooting part, I can't do anything about. That that is Ben Simmons. But if he's going to be a fork, will, will he get a couple baskets maybe from being around the basket? And then that means that your center is going to have to get away from the basket, mm-hmm. which, of course, he likes doing because he doesn't want to get pounded down low, low all the time. So he goes outside. That's fine. He's not a four. It may work. More, like, I'm not saying you couldn't do that five minutes a game. Right. You, you know, maybe do that to change. But, no, he's a, he's a point guard who can't shoot. Or, no, he's a point guard who won't shoot. Yeah. Let, let, that's a better way of saying it. Um, although the one thing is – It'll be fascinating if this means Embiid goes up to the top more, which I don't think works well. Who's going to play the point? Who's I know he's going to. I think Simmons Shake, will run. Shake the, Milton? I guess Isn't Shake Milton. Shake? But, I mean, in a sense where Simmons is still going to run the, the floor from the, the from the four spot, and how do you create spacing? How do you do all that? I don't. I, it's really bizarre. See, I don't think if they it. put him at the four, though, Kevin, I don't think they're going to run the offense through that. I, I don't think that's the plan. Well, I don't think not it's the like plane, Paul Pressing was it. 30 years ago. Um, I think the, 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 the point would be to get him near the basket where he doesn't have to shoot and he can do damage because the guy guarding him is probably not going to be as – well, maybe if it's a four guarding him, I don't know. But you would think that Simmons might have an advantage down low. What does this do for but, Horford, by the way? Uh, Horford would come off the bench, I suppose, and would have to find – because he is a four who shoots. Yeah. Um, this whole thing is not their roster is just weird. They, they because it goes back to the basic yeah. premise that they were going to play bully ball, which is what they're best suited to do. But Brett can't Brett, Brett can't play bully ball. No, he he needs to play Euro ball. So, hey, a dilemma. A, yeah, another one. Imagine that. Um, so that's pretty much our story for this week. Thursday, Matt Gelb from The Athletic is scheduled to join us, or later in the week, Matt Gelb from The Athletic is supposed to join us. A reminder, Mr. Kern, you know what's going on Thursday night, correct? Uh, Mr. Kern. Re- re- remind me. Did you get the what's invite going on? in your email? What's going on Thursday? Uh, a certain barbecue place is opening up. Oh, you said the 21st. No, but there was an email sent out that they're having a friends and family party on. I didn't get that. I didn't get it. I'm sorry. Uh, he had asked me for your email address. Well, if I, it, for some reason, I, I don't remember seeing it. I'm, maybe that could have been my fault. Okay. But I'm, you know, whatever. So the 20, so Thursday, uh, what, what, what are we doing? Like five. What's the plan? Well, thir- it's Thursday, I think five to like nine or something. He's having like an opening party for his friends. So we're, so we're going to go out. We're going out. Yes. Okay. That works for me. I'll, you know, well, I got, yeah. I got to check and see when Matt's available for a podcast. But we're gonna. I was going out with the best in the family uh, out there. So, okay, so I'm gonna have to ride out by myself. It might not be a bad idea. Yeah, just for social distancing. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. I'll have to talk to you. Figure it out. I'm sure I can GPS it or follow you or or whatever it yeah, is I'm going to do. Um, yeah, that it'll it'll work. I'll, yeah. yeah, I'll go out. Um. Maybe I'll take Jean out. Who knows? Maybe she'll be hungry. Um, two things. Yes. One is I just forgot the one I was going to tell you, but uh, I had another winner on the golf this week. Yes. At thirty-five, at thirty-five to one. Don't ask me how, why, where, what. But I had Colin Morikawa, and I also had the guy. I well, I didn't. I threw out the guy's name who finished third. Um. So I don't know what this what that means. I I have no idea. 
But I wanted to ask you about the Scott Kingery thing. Yeah. You know, once again, we go back to, and, and I don't know if he caught this when he was around the Phillies. He might have caught this. Well, he was in Arizona, he was, I believe. He was what? In Arizona, I believe. Okay. So, but what I'm saying is nobody cares. Like, fans don't care. No. Fans, you know, like the Westbrook just got tested. And no, no. nothing will probably happen, I hope. Nothing happens with Westbrook. I hope he, you know, just doesn't get sick and does his quarantine. And he's a, but fans don't care. No, they really, really don't care. Or I mean, I'm not saying they don't care. Westbrook. But, but it, we should point out ahead. Westbrook was asymptomatic, where Kingery did have it. Like he and, had and he had symptoms. it pretty bad, right? Yeah, he had some symptoms, and obviously the Freddie Freeman thing is still going. Um, yeah, and and that's okay. I I understand that baseball is bigger than any individual guy. I'm I, I don't you know, but it's just funny to me that these guys are going to get sick, mm-hmm. and so in some cases pretty sick. Yeah, and we're just like, okay, well that's the, you know that's the price we and we all pay, which which is fine. Those guys are getting paid. Mm-hmm. I get it. And if that starts happening at the college level, then it's a bigger I, bigger. It, well, it's it's just going to be like why like why are they doing it exactly? I understand a lot of guys have pro careers that they're trying to get to. Mm-hmm. I thought a great question you asked Dave was about the you know would their scholarships be extended for a year? Because that could be a real problem. You know, if you're oh, yeah. a kid that's going to school and and all of a sudden you're worried about your scholarship going another year, you know, that's a, that's a big deal. That's your life. Um, I, you know, Uh, it's a million different questions and every answer leads to more questions. Um, no. And and there's, uh, I said this last week. I think this was a reckoning week. I think for all these sports, look, baseball's a week away from starting. Yeah. Uh, How about that? The NBA, the NBA bubble, with the exception of the two knuckleheads who went out already, has seemed to to take okay. Um, the NHL is in workouts this week, and they're about a week away from going to Edmonton and Toronto. How about the MLS? That's not working out. That's too not well. working out well. And so no. that you know, you already have two teams that are out, and you may have two more by the time uh, this airs uh, at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. A couple other items. Wait a minute before you go there. Yeah. What do you think it's going to be like next week when the the Phillies open at home, right? Yeah. By the way, what do you think it's going to be like? I mean, just what do you, what do you think that whole that day is? What day of the week do they open? When is Friday. their first game? Friday. Okay. Give me your your thought on like Bizarre. we're only a week away or a week and a half. You know, what do you think that whole thing's going to be like? You know, it's funny. We were. I was talking about this with somebody yesterday, and you know who I was talking about it with. And right. You know, I'll admit, look, and I mentioned this to you in the past. I'm a diabetic. Um, You know, I, I, cheap plug, my first Philly voice column came out this week. Okay. With uh, talk about Joe Girardi and, you know, since restarting everything. So I'm starting to get back in it. I'm interested in going down and seeing what it's like, but I also look at it from this and that there's not a, there's not a um, – I'm trying to think of the way to – how much of an advantage is there watching it in person as opposed to – with all the access to Zoom calls and everything from a journalistic standpoint, is there really a purpose in going down every day? 
Are you allowed to go if you want, Kevin? I can, get a, I can get a credential. I am talking to my doctors about whether I should. But I mean, how many like how many credentialed media are the Phillies going to allow? The limit in? is because I'm assuming a lot might want to go. Oh, the limit is thirty five. Thirty five. Okay, and that includes TV people. I'm assuming also and includes photographers too. Wow, and and and, and yeah, okay, yeah. Um, I mean, and. and the person I was talking to yesterday said it's been about 10 or 11 in there right now. Like next that they start with the Marlins and I, I don't see a lot of papers and we've talked about this traveling with baseball, at least at the start, because you can get that same information on zoom. It's not like you're going to hang around the batting cage and everything. You are limited. Are you allowed to travel? Can the inquire go to you could, a sure. road game? You could, but you're the question becomes the prudence of it. If all right. you're doing is zoom calls, and you have no access to the players at hand. I mean, you're, you're right. talking about maybe describing the, the scene and the color, and you can see stuff in person that you right. ne- necessarily can't see on television if you're relying on a director or whatever. But, um, you know, look, I, I think with budgets and everything, you know, it's going to be tough. And I, I don't know, like, like, I'm still debating, and I'm going to talk to my doctor again about this, whether it's worth the risk or not to go down. You know, yeah. I guess I guess if you went, you would probably wear a mask, right? I'm, you, oh, I'm that's mandatory. That's mandatory. Um, oh, it's mandatory. Okay. They have um, distancing within the press box. I think they've spread right. even people out to other press box or other boxes along the right, uh, right. corridor. But yeah, I, from a columnist it, standpoint, Kevin, I, I think I would look a little bit. I would look at it a little differently than from a uh, a beat writer standpoint. Um. You know, you've been around long enough that you could write a story, uh, an opinion story, without necessarily being there. I mean, maybe the first day just to get the flavor of it, if that's what you were trying to convey to your readers, which I think is what most people would do. Like how, my God, I'm sitting here at the the Citizens Bank and there's nobody in the stand, you know, and they're playing a baseball game and um, something like that, but. You know, I, I and I'll be interested to see what your doctor would say. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's the world we're in until they start right. shooting you in the arm with a needle. Um. So, so yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, one one of the things I want to plug Philly Voice will be. Uh, I'll be doing a once a week column going forward through the rest of this baseball season, which may be a week. Which could be ten weeks. Who knows? Um, it's going to be more than a week. I'll, I'll guarantee you that. that they keep having if, testing if you, issues. It may not be more than a week. Maybe you know you maybe. But if you put a gun to my head right now, I would say they're going to play. Um, for uh, maybe even to the end. Now I don't know how they're necessarily always going to do that, but the fact that they have not come out and said. If five Phillies get sick next week, we're shutting the Phillies down. The fact that they haven't said that yeah. leads me to believe that they're going to let 10 Phillies get sick. Mike, I'm not sure the decision's going to come from Rob Manfred. I think the player's going to end up being the one to decide. Oh, you, you could be totally right, Kevin. But what I'm saying is I think then the players should have come out with something by now and said, hey. Oh, if- I, I think you've heard enough who have said that they're still not committed to sticking this through. Okay. I mean, okay. Yeah. you know, you Darvish came out yesterday and said he's not exactly comfortable with what's going on. You know, you have five Cubs who yesterday couldn't 
practice because the including the manager mm-hmm. because the his their testing results weren't back. That yeah, that, that yeah, that, and that's one of the biggest sticking points in all this, which is why I get a laugh when the administration comes out and tells us about how great our testing is. And then all you keep hearing from people, testing delays. not just athletes, but people all over the country is how hard it is not only maybe to get the test, right. but to get the result, which is the only thing that really matters. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, if I was a player, you know, they should have had something in place where these tests were being done and guys were finding out, you know, six hours later, eight hours later, whatever, you know, Hey, you're either positive or you're negative. Um, yeah, you, I mean, I, I just, I think I'm the cynical. players have the I'm ultimate hammer. I'm to the point in this, where Mike. I think you're right. The players are the ones that w- will be the voice. They at, will at, be the ultimate hammer that will shut this down. But do you think they even, in their minds, though, have like a a like this is our line of demarcation? Oh this yeah, is as far as we go, yeah, we're going no further. Yeah, I think if one more case like Freddie Freeman happens, I think that's where the the line of demarcation happens. Oh well, then you're right then. Then they'll, they'll never go up because some that's going to happen. That's going to happen. They're, they're, oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen to 100 guys. No, but if you have a serious case, if you have a really serious case, yeah, I, I think there's going to be some. I mean, the fact that you can't go a day without hearing an MLB player either say they're dropping out or others saying that they mm-hmm. were going to, that they're considering opting out, that tells you, and we're a week, over a week into this or over almost two weeks into this, that tells you there's an issue. Now, Uh, do you think hockey and basketball are different because they're in a bubble? Yeah, I do. Okay. I think that that if the NBA gets through this week and they can maintain the structure of the bubble, then they'll be fine. Do you think the NFL... There's... That's No, what I'm saying is, do you think the players in the NFL... Will have the same kind of say that you're saying the players in baseball will. Players in the NFL don't have the hammer. Won't be the ultimate voice. It'll be players in the NFL don't have that hammer. Okay, they're more disposable than they are in baseball. Because football to me has much more contact. I mean, sure, baseball you can sort of distance yourself for the most part. Football you can't. Look at the fact that the NFLPA has said we want no exhibition games. And the NFL has still not canceled every exhibition game. Tells they you, haven't? Okay. No. Yeah. Um, let's end on a later note. Um, we try to end on a later note. So if you follow my Twitter feed last night, Mike retweeted this. Um, the, the, the last out media where we're associated with as a syndicator is uh, selling T-shirts uh, with the logo of the podcast on it. Uh, you can buy it there. But... I, I don't know if that does this show truly justice. Um, you know, just the logo is nice, but, you know, I, I think we need, like, current catchphrases on it to really, you know, and, and and the obvious one would be Jack in the Box, which we haven't talked about on this podcast forever. No, it happens. It happens. Hashtag it happens. Hashtag it happens. That's what they put on my on my plaque when, they, when I left the Daily News. How about seriously? It happens because that's what I said a hundred times a week. How about seriously? It, uh, that's more of a Michael Barkan thing, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, hey, look, seriously, it happens. Yeah, I mean, um, 
Yeah, I mean. So if you got any T-shirt designs, fire them in the meme. I could okay. use a Jack in the Box now that you brought that up, man. It's it's um. Well, I was trying to satisfy you with the pit beef. Yeah, but the pit beef. The, the, here's the thing about the Jack in the Box. It's and 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 uh, Burger King isn't doing their tacos anymore. Not that they were as good as Jack in the Box. They weren't, but they at least they were, you know, whatever. Um, Jack in the Box is the perfect snack. You can get two for a buck, or now it's maybe it's two for a buck thirty nine. I have no idea, and it's like the perfect. You know, you're hungry. It's eight o'clock at night. You don't want a whopper, or, you know. So you just want something, and okay, I'll get two tacos and, and a soda. You know, three bucks, two bucks, whatever it is. It's perfect. It's you know, pit beef is you know you're making a commitment with a pit beef. There it's a sandwich. You know, you're you're you know you're going to tackle that thing. Um, that that's that that was the the great thing about Jack. I wake up in the morning. I'm hungry. It's nine o'clock. Okay, I'll go get two tacos. It's breakfast. You know, um, it's perfect, and the price is perfect, and everything. But you know, I'm I'm obviously going to enjoy pit beef. Um, but that that like I said, that's a cheesesteak is a commitment. It is. You know, you go to Steve's. You know, okay, you got to be a little bit hungry. You got you know whatever. Taco, Jack in the Box, two tacos. It's just two tacos. You, you wolf them down, you eat them, maybe you get four. If you're really feeling good, you know, whatever. But um, it'll never happen because they're not coming back to Philly anytime soon. That's why when I go to Mali or new or somewhere where they have – but now I'm not going anywhere. So it doesn't, yeah. really, it doesn't really matter. Uh, like, we're, Philly, we're Philly bound for a while. Yeah. And even in Philly, you can't do anything until the end of February, apparently. So, um, well, large crowds. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with restaurants. Um, I suspect that you're right. That, that, that you know, it's funny. I can go up into Ben Salem. You can go up into Ben Salem, which is like a half mile or a mile from where we live, mm-hmm. and there we can go inside and eat. Um, I, ha- I haven't done that yet. I'm not now, ready for I, it. It's funny. I went down to visit my daughter in Baltimore Saturday, and we actually went to a restaurant, but we ate outside. It was her birthday. Uh, and that was fine. I was, uh, We could have eaten inside. We decided to eat outside. I'm not sure, Kevin, if I'm ready to go to a restaurant yet. I no, really, same here. I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm not going to say I, I wouldn't. I'm not going to say I would. But I think it's still going, you know, like basically we've been saying, until they get a vaccine, at least in our, at least in me, for me and you, I can't speak for everybody, but I'm going to be cautious because it's not going to ruin my life not to go to a restaurant for another six months. May ruin some people's lives. Can't speak to that, but it may, it may, it, it may, it's not going to ruin my life. If you said, Mike, there's not going to be a vaccine until March. You're going to have to exist until March. Okay. We'll exist. We'll, you know, and then I'll figure out life from there. Um, you know, it, it's it's a little depressing when Max and Mac and Man- I still call it Mac and Manco. Right. Manco and Manco, I guess, had to shut their three Ocean City places because one of their guys. And it, it's, like I said, it happens. Um, and now you can't get slices there. You're no. only going to be able to get the whole pies. Um, it's just not right walking on the boardwalk without getting a slice of man- Manco. But you know. I'll have to settle for Polish water ice. Yeah, I hear you. I'm, but as long as you're safe, I'm safe. and I'm safe, That's and your wife is safe, and my wife is safe, I'm okay. 
I'm actually looking. The Patriots have announced only 20% capacity if they're allowed to have fans this year. So, um, you think the Eagles? You think the Eagles will probably do something similar? I don't think the Eagles are going to be allowed to have anything. Oh, because of our ruling. I oh, I hadn't thought it. Oh, oh, see, I'm stupid. I had not even allowed myself to go that far. What what is the most we can have? Like 250? I have no idea on that. Yeah, no mummers prayed. Although that that will. That will at least alleviate the embarrassment of having somebody put blackface on, and and yeah, you know, I mean we won't have any arguments about that, I guess. Um, although I can see some of the mummers, that won't sit well with a lot of mummers. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, no Thanksgiving parade. I mean, is that still a big deal? I guess it is, right? Um, for, for some. Yeah, actually, somebody said that they are exempt as of now. Oh, I the story I saw said the Thanksgiving Day parade. No, no, no. I'm talking about the Eagles. Uh, oh, oh, oh. So they can have twenty thousand people or fifteen thousand. You know, I, I don't. I, it's yeah. so early, and there was a press conference actually as we've been talking about this. So I'm um, okay. Uh, okay. We'll have That's a better a, feel. Okay. We'll have a better feel yeah. for this, I'm sure, in the next. Uh, I, I know they days. canceled the. I think it was the Broad Street Run, which had been postponed. They had. Moved it back to the the fall or something. Now that's that's not going to happen. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of sacrifices that a lot of people are making. It's not fun. It's not right. It's not whatever. But it is as what I say. It is what it is. We could put that on the t shirt too if you want. Um, <laughs> it's it sucks. It sucks for all of us. But I can't take the other side of the argument that screw this. We're going to no. do what we're going to do because it's not really serious. That, that, to me, is just putting your head in the sand. And I'm not the person that says you got to lock, lock America up in t- for a year. I, I don't mean it that way. We can do it smartly. But I, I can't put my head in the sand and just say, well, if Kevin gets sick, that's Kevin's problem. Yeah. No, it's not Kevin's problem. It's my problem. It's everyone's problem. But, you know. Yeah. That's me. All right. So we're back here on Thursday, we assume, with uh, Matt Gelb. Uh, who will join us to talk Phillies and and with the regular season on tap next week we have Spike Eskin lined up uh, to talk uh, from the rights of Ricky Sanchez podcast and ninety four WIP uh, to talk Sixers and we're hoping to get Jason Martinez in as well next week so we're gonna gear back up with the four sports as they get going or as the three sports get going and um, talk them as this turns into you know on the assumption that. We move ahead, and that's a big assumption. But we're you—you you realize the summer's half over. Think about that, Kevin. I know. It just moves. It's—it's it's, it, in some ways it's moving slowly, in some ways it's moving quickly. It's—it's it's, yeah. It's a weird time, man. So, uh, hold on here. I got to get the music up. Thank you, Mister Kern. I appreciate it. Okay. Our thanks to Dave Jones of the Harrisburg Patriot News for joining us. Our thanks to you for joining us. This is Ben working to be.